thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. We're going to be looking at uh, Genesis chapter 22, and we're going to read verse 1 through 18. I know that's kind of lengthy, but I want you to get a vivid imagery of what we're discussing, and I want you to just imagine uh, as we read the scripture, uh, it's one of the greatest uh, accounts in scripture as it pertains to a person who's exercising in faith, that person being Abraham, amen? So that's Genesis 22, beginning at the first verse, and we'll read down to 18, and I'm going to read it slowly with energy and project where you can kind of get a feel for where we're going. Amen? Genesis 22, beginning at verse 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass, one translation says donkey, and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac. This is where I want you to get a vivid picture of what's taking place. Amen. And bound his son and laid him on the altar 
upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. That's what we call in theological study a double annunciation, meaning that there's a cry into earth, but everything has already been settled in heaven. Amen. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God. Seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, which means a place of provision. Amen. As it said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. For because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars are the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Thus for that scripture, I'm going to go over real quick and we want to go to Hebrews. You know this one. I'm just going to take a couple out of there and read it to your hearing. Amen. Chapter 11, verse 1. And verse 3 I'll cover Verse 1 reads, now faith, I want you to keep that word now in the cognitive of your brain, oh man, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 3, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your word, which is forever settled in heaven and blessed. We thank you now, Lord God, that we have open hearts and open ears and our minds are turned towards hearing from you and what you will thus say to your people on today. Lord, as a mouthpiece for you on this morning, I yield myself and I ask that the Holy Spirit rise up in me and speak through these lips of mortal clay. Lord God, give us what we need individually and collectively as brothers and sisters in Christ. We understand that we are all unfinished works, Lord God, but you send us leaders and ministers to perfect those things concerning your saints. 
For this we give you praise, honor, and glory. In the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Thank you for your attentiveness to that scripture. And I appreciate that very much. Amen. 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 We've read Genesis 22 verses 1 through 18. And then we follow that up with uh, Hebrews 11 verses 1 and 3. Amen. And I want to go back to chapter 17. That was a very familiar story pertaining to Abraham. But chapter 17 deals with the, the covenant of circumcision. And that's when God spoke to Abraham and he told him that he was going to have a son in his rightful old age. I think at the time Abraham was 99, by the time the child would be born, he would be rounded 100. And I think that Sarah was about eight, 90 years old. Amen. And so imagine God speaking something like that to you at that age. Amen. But it did come to pass because over in the next chapter 22, we see where God is asking Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. Amen. So I just wanted to give a little review in that regard as far as how we got there uh, as it pertains to that. In my introduction, I covered earlier that in our small group study, we just completed our series entitled Daring Faith. It was a great series, and I'm sure it'll continue to be a great series for others who take the lessons going forward. And it allowed us as believers in Christ Jesus to examine our individual faith walk with God. Sometimes we are given a vision or a promise from God, and we want him to operate on our terms and within our time restraints. We often get impatient with God when it seems like our prayers go unanswered and we don't see the manifestation of the vision or promise sooner than later. Amen. The time between the promise and the fulfillment of the promise is what I often call the now faith time. The time when our faith in God is tested in a manner which forces us to assess what we believe, what we love, and who we trust. Amen? The waiting period for a vision or promise to be fulfilled by God helps each of us as Christians to mature in our faith. Today, as we review Genesis chapter 22 and the verses we just read, we will examine how Abraham's faith was tested by God and the result, the end result of God proving to be faithful in his promise of provision. Amen. We just covered that. So I don't want to review that too much because I read it very intently, very patiently. And I ask you to have it cognitively in your mind as I go through the points of this message. Amen. The preacher should not have to do all the work. Amen. Faith in God requires your belief in God, your love for God, and your trust in God. I'll repeat that. Faith in God requires our belief in God, our love for God, and our trust in God. Our belief in God, Hebrews 11 and 6 English Standard Version says that without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would 
come to God must first believe that he is a he exists and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Amen. When we find ourselves in wait mode with God, it is a test of our belief system. Abraham believed God and he was obedient to his instruction. Amen. He was willing to sacrifice his promised child, Isaac. Does your belief in God align with your faith in God? That's a question. In case you missed it on the first time, I'll say it again. Does your belief in God align with your faith in God? As a believer in Christ Jesus, do we operate in confidence or are we guided by our circumstance? Abraham's belief in God provided him with the assurance of knowing that God would make provision when he and Isaac reached the mount in the land of Moriah. We should believe God without compromise in our commitment to serve him. Amen. What about love, faith, the composite of love as it relates to your faith? John in 3.16 tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God provides us with the greatest living example of love ever recorded in history. Amen. We must understand that our love for God can never be as great as his love for us. However, as Christians, our acts of love and compassion shown towards humanity should be a constant reminder of how much God really loves us. Our faith should reflect our love for God. We should seek out opportunities to serve others instead of expecting to be served. Amen. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son Isaac because of his love for God. Abraham operated in a now faith. He loved God more than his own son. Amen? Just think about that. Godly love is described in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7, reading that love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on getting its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with truth. Love bears all things, believeth all things, hopes all things, endureth all things. Right there is a good place to get excited. Love never ends. When we operate in now faith, we show our true love for God without murmuring and complaining, but accepting God's will and not our will for our lives. Amen. Faith, another composite is we have to trust in God. Trust is defined by Webster as having a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. In marriage ministry, we teach that trust is something that is easy to maintain that it is to regain. In other words, we should strive to get it right the first time. Amen? 
Our instruction to couples is that we should strive to never violate the trust that we have in the marriage relationship. As it relates to our individual relationship with God, we needlessly readily say that we totally trust God. I found myself saying how much I trust God. Amen. That's readily the thing that we say as believers. The important question is, can God trust you to trust him? Can God trust you to trust him? Where is your measure of faith in your trust component towards God? Amen. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 through 6, the Bible instructs us to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lead not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. Trust is a vital part of your faith in God. A daring faith, faith without compromise, faith without wavering or settling for something other than what God has promised to you. Amen. Our life's trials and testings help to enhance or build our trust in God. Amen. Referencing back to the scripture in Genesis 22 verses 1 through 18, we have an account of how Abraham received instruction from God. And the instruction was that he would get up, take his only son that he loved, and go up to a mount which he would direct him to down later. Amen. And Abraham was obedient in following God's instruction. Amen. He and his son and two lads, they got the ass ready and they got everything that God had instructed them to take up to Mount and they began to journey on their way. The scripture said in Genesis that when they got to the place where Abraham can see afar off, he told the two young men, stay here while me and the lad continue. I'll paraphrase just a little bit if you don't mind. Amen. And he and his only son that he loved Isaac continued to go up to the mount where they were going to make the sacrifice. Amen. And when they got there, he's still walking out in faith. Amen. Still trusting God. Amen. The love meter was off the charts. Amen. Because here is Abraham walking with his only begotten son. And he doesn't know about what God is going to provide, but he believes it. He sees it before he sees it. Amen. So he's moving out in obedience. He's moving out in faith. He's moving out in love. And he has no Wavering in his mindset that God will provide. Matter of factly, his son asked him, Daddy, I got everything, but I don't see the sacrifice. And Abraham's response was that God will provide the sacrifice. I'm talking to you in the pews on this morning. How many times that God has promised you something and you don't see it, but you continue to believe it. And after a while, you might begin to waver and wonder and wonder if you heard God clearly. Amen. But God does not lie. Amen. And neither is he the son of man that he should have to repent. If he spoke it, then he's going to bring it to pass. The thing that we have to do is exercise our now faith and wait on God till we see it manifest before our very eyes. Amen. Trust in God. Where is your trust meter in what you're believing God for? Amen. And I told you I wasn't going to be up here long, so I'm at my summary and conclusion. Say hallelujah, saints. In conclusion, we must understand that a now faith requires our willingness to wait on God for what he has promised to us in his word. I remember in the session in the men's group on Wednesday night, and 
That thing got good, amen? And the Holy Spirit was just dropping nuggets in the brother's spirits, and we was just feeling free and led to share. And we was talking about how, remember chapter 17 in Genesis, when that promise came from God that he was going to give them a son, and they were both old. And Abraham was 99. Sarah was 90. So here's the promise. Imagine having it, and Pastor Bill brought this up. Imagine having it in your hand. You got that thing. You see it right before you. That was the promised child, Isaac. He can see it, touch it, feel it, mentor it, train his young son. He loved his son. And here comes God asking him to sacrifice his son. And we both brought this part out that that was a precursor for Jesus, amen, and how he would be the Savior to redeem us back unto God. But that's how miraculous God moves in our lives, where in the waiting time, we might get impatient. It's a part of our human nature. We might waver a little bit, but don't Doubt God's ability to perfect that thing concerning you. Amen? Our faith must be consistent with our belief, our love, and our trust in God. We can't say we with God today and we not tomorrow. The Bible lets us know that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Amen? We can't say, well, Pastor, I'm going with you to this point. But when y'all get over there, I, I, I got to find something else to do. Amen? That's not how faith works. Amen? We got to be consistent. Abraham provides us with a great example of a person operating in now faith. And I told you to hold that now. Amen? Your wait time is your now faith time. When you look at the word now, and then you break it down, the word now, not our will, but thy will be done. Not our will, but thy will be done. Amen? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We must discipline ourselves to believe a thing before we see it. There's a revitalization project taking place in Metro Atlanta around the Beltline. And around the Beltline are a lot of impoverished communities, historical communities, but the housing is kind of dilapidated and, and neglected. Some people are still residents there. But what's transpiring is it's transitioning. And investors and people with money are going in and buying up those homes that have been neglected. And they're rehabbing those homes. And they're reselling them at the market price, which is sometimes quadruple or ten times as much as what they buy it for. And you won't see it until you see it. 
when you go into the skyline of Atlanta within the next four to five years and you drive through some of those communities that right now have crack houses and boarded up houses and no grocery stores. But when they come in, they're rehabbing and they're bringing retail and playgrounds and amphitheaters and bike trails and walking trails and shopping centers. And then it's going to be a live, work, and play community. You won't see it until you see it. So I give that example in your faith walk. You won't see it until you see it, but you keep walking in it. Amen. If God has given you a vision or a promise or a dream, you just keep on walking in that thing. Amen. I shared this with Pastor Bill as well. I, I celebrated my 59th birthday on yesterday. No clapping, please. And I shared this in the group. And I'm telling it because. And nobody else is telling us, so I can tell it. Amen. But when I came to New Covenant, me and my wife, having been at Green Pastures and serving, and, and I was like, man, Pastor Fern was here at the time, and I was sharing with Pastor Fern. I was like, man, we just, we've served, and we've just been taking a, a sabbatical. And so we, as the bio said, we joined, and I didn't want to come in announcing I'm this ordained preacher, and where do I start, and when I'm going to preach? I didn't want to come through the door like that, because that's not in God, amen? And I shared this with Pastor Bill, and so I shared my heart in some of the sessions, and so I didn't think nothing about it. And I went home when you texted me, and, and we spoke, and I went home, and I told my daughter, I said, Pastor Bill asked me to preach Sunday. She said, what did you say? You must have got deep. But what I recognize is that we look at age, we look at time, look at Abraham and Sarah, how old they were, and how God brought the promise through their lineage. Amen? And so we we can't look at our age or time or situation, or circumstance, or how much money we have, or who we not hooked up with, or what neighborhood we live in, or what kind of car we drive, or if we're not on the right job. We can't look at that tangible. We have to be faithful and keep our eyes on God. Amen? We have to be in tune to the Holy Spirit and listen for direction with clarity. Amen? We can't leave God and go off on our own way and do our own thing, and when it don't work out, we come back to God mad and ask him why. Because you were not operating in his will. You weren't operating in now faith. Not our will, but his will. Amen? And so in conclusion, in closing, I don't never like to beat the saints down. Don't tell me how bad I am, and then don't tell me how I can get better. So I want to leave you with this. We must discipline ourselves to believe a thing before we see it. Then acknowledge the Holy Spirit to direct our paths. Amen? If God has given you a vision or a dream or a promise, exercise your faith and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you forward with a now faith mentality. Every promise from God for your life is authentic. It comes from God and nobody else. And it will come to fruition. God loves us. Let me say that again. God loves each and every one of us. And he only wants what's best for us. 
We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.